0: Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings, to other realms and beyond the bindings. max lopez and this is another episode of beyond the bindings and this week we're going to cover kind of an out-of-the-box story for me at least something i typically wouldn't um or at least something i wouldn't have found on my own i think and it is a book called anxious people by the swedish author frederick bachman and it was published in 2019 and it was actually uh, suggested to me and given to me uh to borrow from a co-worker um they thought that i would enjoy the book and i, I really did enjoy the book it was kind of I so naturally kind of just drift to those things that I love so much and those authors that I love so much and they just all have such a wealth of of stories that I would like to re-dive into or uh, dive into for for the first time so sometimes it's hard to kind of stray me away from that but I love when people recommend me books and it's it's something that I'm trying to if somebody recommends me a book I'm just going to put that to the top of my to-read list because it doesn't really happen all that often. So uh, typically it, they're, they're shorter books too, which is nice because it, it, it's a little easier for me to allow myself to tackle uh, because so many of the books I read are 400 to 1,000 pages long. It's nice to be able to read kind of these in-betweener books that still have some major themes, still have some deep themes and some deep ideas that I can dig out of them. But they they they're, they can do that in uh, you know 300 pages, which I I appreciate as uh, as something that I can makes my makes it easier for me to set down the obsessive ones and and take a little in between book like this one here, Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Now this is kind of an interesting story. Number one, I, I I enjoy any book that doesn't take place in the United States mainly because. I've been all around this country, I'm very familiar with this as a setting, I love to have it as a setting because that, that place is already so real to me, but I do like world building in my head, and I think that's a reason I've always been so drawn to science fiction and fantasy is because I love to, I love the idea that in those types of stories what I'm seeing and what you're seeing when you read it are, are always going to be two different things because you're having to make this up as you go along. Now, Sweden's a real place. I've never been there, though. I'm I'm familiar, generally, what it looks like, but it's still, you know, something that I'm not incredibly familiar with, where if you have a, a, you know, let's, of course, going back to Stephen King, like, Maine is, I've never been to Maine, actually, but that place is so vivid in my mind. I have such a a vision of what it is, and I'm I'm pretty darn sure that it matches what Maine just looks like, but I love that that when that setting is someplace that is not very familiar to me and this book kind of has that even though it doesn't really play a super major role but it's just kind of fun to read something from another country from an author who's from another country and overall this was a very very interesting story and it was told in a very interesting way i did enjoy it i think there were parts where it kind of lagged on for me um and and I think within that, he's just attempting to build on some of the themes and kind of rehash some of the topics that, that Frederick Bachman is getting at throughout this entire story. I think that if this book was another 50 pages or another 100 pages, I think that I would have ended up getting a little annoyed with it because I think that the resolution comes rather, I wouldn't say quickly, but there's a, you know, there's a good 50 to 75 pages left after the overall resolution of this story happens. And I, I truly had gotten the point and I had gotten his message by, the, by that point, by the resolution of the story. So I, I'm not sure some of it was needed at the end. But as a lot of authors do, you know, this is not an uncommon thing even for some of my favorite authors to kind of drag on towards the end. How is this thing going to truly end? But the page we get to close out, you, you get a, maybe an extra two or three paragraphs to end the entire story. And he really kind of does end cap it there. And he closes in a beautiful way um, where we kind of step outside of the story and he brings you into it. Because he does reference you and break that fourth wall as you go through the story, acknowledging that you are reading the story, which I, I, I like that. I, I mean, it's much different than things that I often read. And it's, it's not something that I, it's not a style I could do very often, but it's a style that I could use as like these in between. Like I I will read more of his books. I'm curious um, where he goes from, you know, is he taking some of these similar um, crafting methods as far as how he's putting his writing together? Because this is done in an interesting way. To a certain degree, it's a little bit confusing, I think. Uh, just because of the way, so essentially the easiest way, and I'm really not going to get into any details in this story, just because if you get too far into it, you kind of lose the allure of why you would read this book. So like, you know, on the off chance you're going to read this book, it's really not, I I can talk about a lot of like the importance of this story without actually talking about very much of the story itself at all. But interestingly, he basically is burning the wick at both ends with this story. So you're at the beginning and you're at the end all at one time and they like meet but then they go back out again so you're you're kind of back and forth throughout and you're just getting filled in with perspective as you go through which you you know there's some like like light bulb moments or like oh really that's how that was that whole time like you only understood one perspective of it, and later in the novel, as other perspectives start to grow and people start to learn new things about what had actually happened, you start to become more aware of the details that Frederick Bachman purposely leaves out. And so, to a certain degree, it is crafted interestingly. You know, like it, it is done well. I think that it kind of loses me at points and brings me back at other points. But I respect like the uh, the puzzle piece thing that he's attempting to do where he's it's basically kind of like you were given you know when you build a puzzle everybody does the outside first right you find all the flat edges and you do the outside first so basically he kind of builds that out first and then you're just starting to put little pieces in wherever you're seeing it until you eventually get the whole story at the end and it comes together really nicely I think that, Overall, he he builds the characters out in this way to kind of hit on these themes and these topics that he's covering. And I think through that, you kind of almost rehash things too often. Like, for the amount of time, for, for how short this book is, around 330 pages, I think that you get the same information about people too many times. Where you're not necessarily building, he's not building out all that much he's kind of rehashing what you're already, what you already know. And if you're focused and, you know, into the story, you're like, okay, I already knew that. And like, is there something new? Is this character growing in this way with this realization? Or are they maintaining this kind of same consistency that they were at before? Which I kind of feel like they they didn't really, there was no purpose of rehashing at that point. So, you know, overall, this story revolves around a bank robbery that turns into a hostage situation, that is really not hostile at all, and it really becomes about these these characters, the hostages and the bank robber who ends up holding them hostage. It kind of becomes about how their lives are are all intertwined with each other in some way, or the kind of the essence of where they're all at in their lives is intertwined in a, in a certain way. If you can kind of see where I'm coming from, they may not necessarily have any true connection to each other, like physically knowing each other or have a, you know, friend of a friend or something like that. It's more their experiences are kind of set into the same wavelength, and they're all they all just happen to fall into this one place, into this scary situation at first, all for, you know, seemingly a, le- a reason that they're all going to be able to learn something from each other. And I do think that was really cool. I think that kind of like this bond that's created amongst these hostages throughout in this very subtle kind of wholesome way, um, is really interesting. Cause basically everybody who is a hostage has like, it's, they're like a, they're like couples, right? They're like pairs and they all have some sort of conflict within each other. And that slowly starts to become more apparent to everybody in the situation. Like, what's everybody's individual conflict with the person that they came to this situation with? And through that, and through the means of opening up to each other, they're able to kind of learn about their own individual conflict through hearing about somebody else's. So I think it's really kind of touching on, like, that empathy role, that sympathy role, those things that we can learn from each other. Um, and apply to our own life through seeing other people's stories. And that, I mean, it's kind of interesting, too, when you think about this in regards to stories, is because you're able to become so empathetic, you're able to become so understanding. I talked about this in the Rose Matter episode, uh, if it came out last week, then last week. And it's kind of that similar topic where, like, truly, it, through reading or through hearing somebody else's story, however you consume it, that's like, I mean, it's a true authentic way that you can actually step into somebody's shoes and see what it's like to live in those, in that life. And, you know, you might not be experiencing it, but you can feel it. And I think that's what um, Bachman is kind of showing in this, is that you're able to learn so much about your story through somebody else's. And that kind of revolves around this situation in, um, in this hostage scenario. So you're getting this multiple hostage perspective, right? And things become pretty um, pretty mild right away. Like, it's not as serious. I won't get into a lot of it. But you start getting the background of everybody's story, as I was just saying, as they're kind of telling their story and opening up to everybody around. Or you're just getting that perspective through the narrator as well. Now, while all of this is happening, right away at the beginning, you're actually you're jumped right into the interrogation so you're at the end of the story where i'm talking about the the wick is being burned at both ends this is what i'm referring to and you have these police officers in sweden who are actually interviewing all of these hostages and their names are jim and jack they're actually a uh, father's son and their their whole relationship also plays a giant role in this outside of the police force what they have experienced with Jack's sister and Jim who's Jim's daughter who is a heroin addict and they've struggled with um, the consistency of her and her addiction and her in and out of their lives using them for money all sorts of things like that along the way you discover that Jim's wife had passed away and uh, they just have experienced a lot and it, it like in all aspects of this story it's about how every single one of them, every choice, everything they've done, every trial, every tribulation, everything they've gone through kind of played a role in where they are right at this moment. And I do really respect that. And I think the overall, although, you know, parts of this book I kind of felt like dragged on, I I do really respect the message that he was getting getting to and the way that he built some of those messages out using these individual characters and intertwined them together. Now Jack becoming a police officer is like a big part of the story and the, the reasons why. So when he was a, a, about 10 years prior to the events of this story, Jack is you know a teenager and there's this bridge by their home and he sees a man out on the bridge and The the he goes out because he he thinks the man is going to jump off the bridge and commit suicide so he goes out to try and stop him. Uh, The man is he's not successful in stopping the man jumps off the bridge and he kills himself. And. Jack is, like, destroyed by this because he was, you know, he, he wants to be a police officer already at this point, and he wants to be able to help people, and he sees this as kind of a, you know, his first opportunity to do that, and he's defeated because he wasn't, I mean, there's no way he was going to win this in the first place. This man's mind was set, um, and this teenage boy isn't going to be able to kind of alter that. Well, a few weeks later, he looks out, and he sees a, a girl out on this bridge, and he wants to He wants to make up for what he's guilty of he he feels guilt. He thinks that he could have changed that situation. And he goes out and he is able to successfully talk her down. And that kind of like fuels that fire of him wanting to continue to help people. And the bridge continues to play a role throughout the entire story, through everybody's perspective, which I think is kind of cool. So, you know, he kind of hits You know the the major thing the major topic here you know especially it being the title anxious people is anxiety and you start to see and it's not even specifically labeled as anxiety in the story you know he's not he's not referencing that term very often but it's kind of alluded to that you're supposed to as the reader you know these group of hostages are the anxious people so i mean personally i was just identifying like these anxious tendencies that they were they were having and kind of how that was building up into this worry that they all had that really had nothing to do with this hostage situation it had something fundamentally to do with their life until it was fundamentally to do with the interactions that they had with their significant other or partner or whoever just so happened to be with them and i and I, I found that really interesting, and I, I thought that it was done in a in a you know in a very metaphysical way, and I, I really appreciated um, that topic and that um, those themes being used as well, and the bridge ultimately I think represents that core piece that they all kind of shared, but and and it represents anxiety and like what anxiety can drive you to do and through that something like suicide something like checking out of your life um, just socially maybe or separating yourself from certain people and the bridge kind of represents how you can like how somebody how much anxiety can drive you away and for some people unfortunately you know drive you to want wanting to take your own life and Along with that, there's this interesting idea behind, like, what other people's anxiety does to us, how we're able to empathetically absorb it, and how it can kind of lead to a lot of guilt, as if, uh, it's like, almost like that survivor's guilt, as if, like, there's something you could have done to prevent this person from doing that. And I think that a lot of that comes out with Jack not being able to save the man, but being able to save the girl, and I, I, you know, I think that that's something that we we all can and have experienced in some way. Some can be drastic, where maybe a friend or a relative committed suicide, or it could be something a little less serious than that. But that guilt of like, is there something more I can do? Is there something more I could have done? I guess you have to change the the tense on that because it, you know you're not living in the now anymore with that. You're living in the past and you know, that that can drive to depression, that can drive to anxiety, if you're allowing that to kind of control, but, you know, this is a huge thing that I think about a lot of, very often, is that, you know, these are things we can't change, and, you know, you can't just sit and beat yourself up over it over time, like, you have to learn to accept the things that you can't change, like, I think that as you grow older and, you know, whether you're 8 or whether you're 38, doesn't matter, like, you have to learn to accept the things that you can't change because you can't change them. So, like, letting them eat you alive, which is what happens, like, it's just so not, it's just not healthy for yourself. And it's almost like that, that state that, you know, that depression can cause, that anxiety can cause, where you're so... You're, you're, never, you're never in the middle, but you're always low. And when you're, when you're high, you're super high. But when you're low, you're so low and you're never in the middle. And even when you're in the middle, if you stay in the middle for some reason, you're, you know, then you don't experience those lows and you don't experience those highs. But I think that this, this story kind of allows you to understand the coming to terms with those things. And allowing yourself to grow from those mistakes and grow from those ideas. And I think that, that, you know, overall, that makes this story really beautiful. It makes the ideas, it makes the characters, it makes them real, it makes them something you can relate to. It, it, it's still a short story, you know. I, I don't really necessarily have an issue with um, the points in which it dragged on. I think that. He, the The overall representation of what he's trying to get across here is done successfully and done really well and I think that this is a book that anybody can be recommended and, and kind of if you go at it viewing it in those in those topics and those themes and pull those ideas out of it I think that it can be viewed as as a really well-constructed story that hits on some pretty deep themes while at the same time, not even something I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of humor in here, and there's a lot of humor even how he intertwines those puzzle pieces together, so I think he does a really great job. Um, I also have the uh, another book by him that I'll read probably in the future called A Man Called Ove, which um, apparently is going to be a movie, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that book as well, just because, you know, he kind of in regards to how he's getting across his themes he reminds me a lot of matt Haig, which i you know i have covered quite a few of his books and i really enjoy his writing style particularly how he hits on these themes and i think that bachman kind of has that same ability to have this overarching thing that's really the purpose of this story and i, I really enjoyed that overall so anxious people by frederick bachman i will definitely be checking out more of his stories as well moving forward i am going to get back to some stephen king i'm actually reading different seasons right now which is his four um four part they're short stories i think they would be more considered novellas uh, it's got uh, rita hayworth in the shawshank redemption it's got app pupil it's got The Body, which is uh, the, the book for, or the novella for Stand By Me, the incredible movie. And the fourth one, it slips my mind. It's the very last one. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm going to turn that into a four-part series. So I'm pretty excited to be covering that, uh, especially moving into the winter months. So, uh, as always, I'm Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bindies.